Uh, we want to say a special thank you to Rose Anderson. She passed away last night. <laughs> Give some a right punch, right to Austin's fucking package. <laughs> yep. Now, now this is a great match. Now this. <laughs> Watch, I stand here. <laughs> I don't stand here. <laughs> but I watched the match. It was it was terrible. This is the worst finish I've seen in a while. What is he doing? He does with that over and then he's and, that's, and it's a fucking pinning move. Piece of my ass. But you didn't get all my ass. <laughs> but I'm gonna get all of your ass. <laughs> Jade Wrestling presents the year of Duke and Rogue. I am your host, Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. And he's Kevin Rogue. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. Today we are covering In Your House 15, Cold Day in Hell. This took place on Mother's Day in 1997 emanating live from the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. Do you know what the capacity of the Richmond Coliseum is? Uh, it's got to be at least 1,300, 1,400. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a good tug, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, whenever they did, like, aerial shots, it looked like there was a ton of empty seats, and the list of attendants was 14,381. And with the amount of empty seats it looked like they had in the Coliseum, I was guessing like Richmond Coliseum probably holds like mm, 55,000. Mm. So I, I didn't take the time to look it up. I should have looked it up when I looked up the attendance. I didn't, but I thought maybe that'd be one of those weird things that you just knew offhand. Like Richmond Coliseum, yeah, holds 18,973. But you don't know that uh, information. You don't have that locked in, locked down. Not at the moment, no. All right. That's all right. Just something I thought of. You think uh, you think Vince just maybe buys up the remaining tickets? No, I don't think he needs to buy up the remaining tickets. He there hits his to, he rents like the facility for the night. Well, right to get a sellout. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't think so. Or to inflate the numbers. There has been there has been controversy over the years about the attendance figures. There's been controversies, but I don't think they're going to find a controversy over the in your house 15 cold day in hell attendance numbers. That'd be a weird thing to inflate. Let's see. I don't think the... Oh, the Richmond Coliseum. Here we go. It's been tore down. Okay. It's got a capacity of 13.5. All right. Well, they had 14.381 in attendance. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Perfect, man. All right. So this is the second in your house that we covered. We're in series two here, episode three. I think we got probably seven more in your houses. These are shorter pay-per-views, so we'll probably we talk longer you. episodes. Longer episodes? Yeah, shorter pay-per-views will go longer. Okay. We'll okay. cover the things that they should have in the pay-per-view. All right. All right. So we had a dark match, a couple of dark matches, the ongoing feud between Rockabilly and Jesse James. Yeah, that was on the free-for-all. 
Ooh, the free for all. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, the free for all was was always sweet because you always got like a match and you got to see like the set and all that before before the pay per view kicked off. Right. It's like, and, okay, am I going to play? Maybe it's worth plugging down the, you know, yeah, $24.95. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, the in your houses, I think, were less. I think the in your houses were like 15, maybe 20 bucks. But going into it right away, like when they opened the pay per view, everything looks different, doesn't it? Like the ring setup is different. The barricade is a different color. They got the ramp. Uh, even like the last in your house that we did was a very small entrance. This is a much larger entrance. Like this, this has more attitude era feel than the the prior two events that we've covered. It's it's much more like added. Like the ring ropes are red. The the what the what the hell do you call it? the ring posts? The ring posts are black. The barricades are black. It's just it's a completely and they open up with the pyro going everywhere it's a pretty cool like it's like as soon as it started i was like well this this is great this is very nice i like everything about this i agree i agree the attitude is is get to be in in swing here and the blimp is back gotta love the blimp gotta love the blimp do you see that i'm pointing over my left shoulder i forgot to mention I don't, a, I don't want I don't want that to distract you in the background there. You got a blimp over there? No, uh, it's uh it's a autograph poster of uh the Lex Express. <laughs> I just didn't want I just oh, didn't there want it to is. Yeah, okay. yeah, we're gonna get into it and I just didn't want you to look off, off camera here and go, uh, uh hey motherfucker, is that the Lex Express behind you? <laughs> Anyways, keep rolling, brother. <laughs> <laughs> And we had a we had a tag team match as well with uh, LOD taking on the. Can't get into that yet. Oh. Can't get into that yet. That didn't happen until after the championship match. Oh, okay. Yeah, what are you going to skip the entire? You're just going to talk about the dark matches. That'd be a short episode. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it for later. Yeah, save it for later. All right, so this sucker kicks off with Triple H, accompanied by China, taking on Flash Funk. No Funkettes. Disappointing. I like Flash Funk. You do. You like his suit. You like his hat, whole dance maneuvers. His hat looks great, right? Uh, The jacket uh, looks a little tight. Didn't really care for the jacket. And I really liked him. He's really good in the ring, but I thought of a reason why maybe he didn't really get over. Is it the boots? He had really weird boots. They're funky they're almost, boots. Yeah, they're, they're almost like uh, sleeves that are uncuffed going over. His, it's a very strange look. And then the name. Flash Funk? Flash Funk, yeah. I, I think that that those two reasons are the only reasons why he didn't get over. What would you have called him? Um, I probably would have went with something that, uh, I mean, Two Cold Scorpio is not a bad name. Like that was, that was a pretty good name for him. The Flash Funk, I mean, it just doesn't, what are you, where are you going to go with Flash Funk? I mean, it's short. It's got that alliteration. Right. It does. You could have just, you could have just called him. It's too melded the two like Scorpio Funk, Flash Scorpio, Flash, Flash Scorpio. Flunk. 
Flunk, yeah, with the flunkettes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's two, like, flash and funk are two cool words, right? Yeah, yeah, but you put them together, they don't work. Right. Well, we got no funkettes. I'm not sure what the deal is there, but... You know, we'll edit this little moment of silence. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought you were just taking a moment of silence for the funkettes. We don't know what happened. They're not here. We need to take a take a brief moment of silence in honor of the Funkettes. I think so, yeah. Jr. alluded to to China doing something to the Funkettes, and that's why they weren't there. Oh, I suppose that's kind of dangerous having them out there. Right. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. Didn't, didn't China give Marlena the business? Yeah, I gave her that big ass bear hug at WrestleMania 13. Shook her up. Mm-hmm. Went all Elvis on her. Got her old shook up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this, yeah. match, this match is pretty great, man. It's a good match. Good match. I really, I really like it. And there was, uh, there was a lot of moments where score or not. I'm trying to call him Scorpio. Flash Funk had some, had some, had some really smooth offense. He always like he just looks like watching throughout the match. I really enjoyed it. Triple H's entrance. I really enjoyed it with that, whatever that, uh, whatever that number is. I, I don't know who did that. And that's probably a Michael Bolton track. But what, what the fuck was the song? Fucking Beethoven, man. Yeah, the Beethovens. Uh, <laughs> 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 and he's got that big robe on. And like, you can definitely check out like his inspiration coming from like Ric Flair during this time. Like, he's got the classic music entrance. He's got the big ass robe. Like his move set is, is, is kind of a real classic move set. Uh, match opens up. Scorpio's getting his offense. He's getting his grind. He's getting his groove on. And then what does he do? Do you know what he does? Did you did you in the match when it happened? Did you pick up on what happened in the match that really sold me on Flash Funk? It's dancing. He pulled a gigolo Jimmy move. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah. Man, you do a gigolo Jimmy move in the ring. I'm yours, baby. I'm yours. (laughs) That didn't upset you that he was was patronizing the the gigolo? No, 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 no. That was in honor of. That was in honor of gigolo Jimmy, man. All right. I was kind of curious about your reaction because, of course, I noticed that. Considering we spent spent half the last series talking about the the jiggle. (laughs) Uh, Of course, part of me was like, wait now. Should he be doing that? And then you you think about it and you know that he's, that's just an, an honor of, if it wasn't an honor of, I'd be on the phone right now talking to Flash Funk. But, but in my mind, it was an, an honor of, it was uh, in support of Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. So I was, I was totally good with it. Totally All good right. with it. Well, I got a couple, couple of classic JR pieces of information here. We got, you know, Flash Funk, he's got six mouths to feed little funkers and we learned that triple h had a wrestling tutor when he was three years old yeah that's pretty good yeah yeah i mean did you see the video behind triple h as he was walking down you're gonna have to refresh me on that he's coming down and obviously you know there's pictures of him and the gals and all that kind of stuff and then all of a sudden there's like a car like a still shot of a car and then there's a still shot of a boat and then there's a still shot of some watches. 
and then it shows Triple H again walking around with 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 some some lovely ladies, and in the background, I just watched it. I, I couldn't believe like we get what you're going for, mm-hmm. but at the, at this point, the the what's becoming the evolution of the Triple H character, like a still shot of some fucking watches, <laughs> like that doesn't make me go. Yeah, so, I probably don't mess with this guy. Right. I mean, don't you get it, fans? This fucker is rich. He's got, got the he's got, money. He's got the money. You should hate him because he's rich. They, right, they're yeah. so far this year. They've been driving that into the ground that yeah. he's a wealthy guy. He lives next to the Giffords. You know, Jerry Lawler's been over at his place. The Giffords, huh? Yeah, Frank and Kathy Lee. I didn't realize that they were rolling in fat stacks of Oprah Scratch. Bet your ass. I mean, right. maybe maybe not Triple H type of wealth, but okay, you know. Well, Jerry the King he ponders whether China China wears boxers or briefs. Yeah, I heard that a lot. A lot of that, a lot of that type of jargon going on. But yeah, I really I really enjoyed this match as well. There's a couple of real great spots uh, in the match. Uh, Triple H on the outside, and then Flash Funk. Uh, kind of does a from the the bottom rope, kind of bounces up to the to the top rope, and then lands, and then does a like, clothesline to the outside. Looks great, really beautiful move. And mm-hmm. then he's going up, and then China charges him and really lays him out with a with a hell of a clothesline. And you would have thought that the momentum would have kind of changed there. You thought that that'd probably be where the momentum would turn would be after the China cheap shot. They take their damn time getting in the ring, and it doesn't turn. And Funker's still kind of on top, still kind of implementing his offense, which was which was kind of interesting to me. It's usually cheap shot by the 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 manager or the valet usually signifies that's going to be a turn in in momentum and everything. They kind of prolong the turn, which I thought was kind of an interesting way to to direct the match, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Triple H grabs the referee. So China can land that that clothesline to the back of the funker. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they they work well as a team. This this type of a spot happen has happened at every match, I think. Right. Um. Thus far in the match, Flash's junk has not gotten the the business, but it's coming. It's coming. Don't worry about that. the The low blow that's that's China's calling card. Yeah. That's a great calling card too. It always works. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Nobody's immune to that. So Triple H gets the W. Eventually, uh, you know. The setup. The setup to the finish was pretty sweet, because you had you had him land a a move. And Triple H's kind of down, and he had that uh, that uh, kind of twisting leg drop that he did which was wonderful that Flash Funk did. And he kept on kind of signaling like he was going to go for the 450. Kept on signaling it was going to be 450 time. And then he went up and he went to do, like he he, sign, like he signals he's going for the 450, he gets to the top rope, Triple H gets up and then grabs him, and they go for a, a belly-to-back suplex that Triple H just flips him over, which was kind of a cool cool move looking, looking at, at how you normally see the belly-to-back, and he just flipped him over. Mm. And then it was pedigree, mm-hmm. and then it was over, and then after the pedigree, that's when the that's when the the junk of the funk gets uh gets all kind of. <laughs> I, I don't know how much that actually hurts 
like do you think that actually like really because those are like wire cables right the, you're getting the the yeah the ropes to the junk yeah it's it kind of like she places them on there but it's like i probably didn't hurt that bad i mean it's got yeah, looked, got potential to hurt for sure i thought i thought the way that he that that china lifted him up and walked him over and kind of kind of just kind of threw him on that top rope. I thought that was going to be one of those grazing nut shots that almost hurts worse than getting kicked square on. <laughs> <laughs> like he just flips over and goes down, and mm-hmm. and that's I mean that's 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 the end of it for for the Funker. For this one though, I'm sure he's back. He's got to be back, man, because that's he he might be my guy now. I don't think he lasts too long. Actually, hate to hate to. Well, don't tell me that. Ruin your cream dream here, but I guess we'll see as we go. Next up, we got. The interview with Shamrock. <laughs> we got an interview with Shamrock. Yep. He's in the zone. Shamrock's in the zone. <laughs> I already don't like him. Okay. <laughs> like they don't even like they don't really interview him at all. They just he's he's in the zone. Shamrock's in the zone. Nobody's gonna take him out of the zone. Shamrock, okay, in hindsight, he didn't need to be in front of the microphone as much as he was at all. Mm-hmm. Some sort of they got it right with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, they did. Same type of deal, you know. But really, I mean, he's just yeah, not not great yeah. in front of the mic. <laughs> no. Not not worth it really. But I don't got any real nothing really stuck out about that. But he's in the zone, so we'll see if he's still in the zone a little bit later. I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So next up, we got Rocky Maivia and Mankind, and uh, this was a hell of a match as well. Yeah, and they, they interviewed Maivia prior to the match, and I think this is where you first started getting the shades of his character kind of progressing. The interview itself, he definitely had a different type of a feel to him. Uh, he just didn't have that that same type of like we're going to go get him. He kind of he had a slower delivery in, in his promo. It was much more, I guess there was, it felt a lot more like a, like a tweener type of a promo than it did a full on like white meat baby face promo. Uh, so he was definitely trying to you know, make that, that transition and kind of see where he was going to go. And when he came out, the fans really didn't, the fans didn't really react to him too much when he first came out. So mm-hmm. uh, I, you can obviously see where the character is is heading and this is kind of the first shades that we get of that mm-hmm. yeah just his demeanor is a little more just straight you forward. know he's got he's got some angst in him he's not trying to just play this you know happy-go-lucky good guy um right i noticed in his video package there was some football action in the video which was yeah there was <laughs> i mean it's kind of cool i guess i don't know i i like, I, would you take the football I, action or the Rolexes, which is more effective in the as a? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. I think I'd probably take the Rolexes. It just doesn't. I understand like where they're coming from, like when they're like he used to be a college football player, like he was a Division One college football. Player. And I know Jr.'s big thing is like you got to make sure people know that they were legitimate athletes. But if they're gonna, if there's if they're so good at at another sport they better be like amazing at the other sport to make me think like oh well he's probably a good wrestler 
like playing defensive line at, at Florida state or Miami or a, anywhere doesn't mean that you're going to be a great wrestler. Like you got to be like the top of the top of, uh, of an amateur or a pro to come over and for me to be like, Oh, this could be interesting. He could be a good wrestler, but have showing me sack the, him sack the quarterback for Appalachia state in his intro. That doesn't do shit for me. I don't care about that. I guess and it doesn't really build up his character. Yeah, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it, it makes you makes you doubt the guy. It's like, why the fuck didn't he in the NFL? Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, why isn't he out there stacking Jeff George? Right. Right. So that that was just something that popped out to me, and this is this. I think this is the first first pay per view match for sure between these two, and what's going to be a long saga and a, you know, the, the, I I guess you call it the relationship with these two, this last many, many years. Yeah. And it'd be impossible to, to foresee that at the time, but these guys, these guys really put on a great match and um, really brought, I think this brought, the best out of the rock just because of how, how, how well Foley is at taking punishment. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say this match flows really well. And like you, when you start watching more and more Mick Foley, he makes, he makes everybody that he's facing look so damn good because not only of the amount of punishment he takes, but how he makes it look when he takes the punishment Mm -hmm. like he takes different bumps and that makes this opponent that makes his opponent look so much better Uh, right it was like the beginning of the match i wasn't like i wasn't drawn completely in because i was thinking about where like this these two ultimately go and that's like to the top with each other Mm -hmm. but this is the first time i remember seeing them the square off against each other so the first part of the match i was just i, I want to say i was i was watching the match but my mind wasn't watching the match because i was thinking about where where the two of these go together mm-hmm. but yeah. when 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 mankind hit that cannonball splash to the outside that's where it, like it brought me right back in i was like oh there's that was great uh, <laughs> cannonball <laughs> splash here we go and then he land that that knee to the face and yep. that move always looks so damn violent and mm-hmm. the guy taking it doesn't really even have to react really like you can you can oversell it and all that kind of stuff or you could just lay there and act as if you're knocked out it always like it always looks good mm-hmm. it's a sweet sweet move and then from there i know at a, at a certain point there uh, maya via ended up like getting like a snap mare to foley and just whipped his ass out of the ring. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was that looked great. He just like you don't see people snap mare the other guy out of the ring. So to see that, mm-hmm. that was that was beautiful. And then he follows it up with what? He hits a rock goddamn bottom, rock man. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing. Like that is the first time mankind's taken like mixed taken the rock bottom on the ramp, which I'm sure he's taken countless times since since that moment but that that has to be the first rock bottom on the ramp that 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 these two have shared Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah like you mentioned those couple of spots that that's those are the notes i took as well um it does not only in the way that that he that foley 
takes the bumps and the punishment, but the way that he he delivers them does it 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 makes the opponent look good because like for example that 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 knee to the face in the corner yeah you know you see somebody bounce back from that it's like okay this guy means business you know right right and it just uh it's an ugly style it's very unique but it's extremely effective and entertaining which is the name of the game here yeah absolutely absolutely it yeah, there's going to be a lot more probably great things said about about the uh, the mankind throughout the duration of this this series, and then so the the way the match ended did that bother you at all? So he hits the shoulder breaker, and then he goes up for the flying man. It's the splash. Mankind grabs him with the claw, gets the finish. Yeah, he rolls through the splash, and as he's rolling through, he lands the mandible claw, but. Maivia, he does the he does the shoulder breaker mm-hmm. on one side of the 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 ring there, and then he nails it and he gets up and he walks to the complete other side of the ring, like as as if to like if we were in a tag team match, the exact opposite corner, as far away as he can get from him, and then goes up, like it's almost like he's going. The, the length of the globe and he's going to lay all that splash. It was, I just, I didn't, I didn't get why he wouldn't just get up and go to the ring post that he is nearest. Like that didn't make any sense to me. So as soon as he went up over there and I don't remember this, this match or, or this finish, obviously until I, until I watched it. So to watch him go all the way across and climb up and then go for that big, that big cross body. I didn't like it. I liked the finish. I didn't mm-hmm. like the setup to the finish. I think mankind rolling through and nailing the uh, mandible claw looked great, mm-hmm. but the setup to it, I was like, "What the fuck is going on? What are you doing? What are you? The, it's right there. It's all you shoulder breaker right there. Get up there." And then no, he just kind of struts over to the other side, like he's gonna he's gonna all of a sudden turn into Jimmy Snooker. Jimmy Snooker wouldn't have made that jump. RVD wouldn't have made that jump. Shane McMahon wouldn't have made that. Sabu's not making that jump. The only person that's making that jump is Frankie. Coco Beware's bird because it can actually fly across the ring. Oh, he could chalk it up to a rookie mistake. He's still green here. So all right, all right, that's fair. But yeah, mankind does get the finish. I did. I did like the finish. The, the roll through with the, with the claw. Rocky's boots bother you. Not as much as I thought they would when we saw him at WrestleMania 13. They're just weird looking with the what do you with call the, it? The, the, the open the, the open calf. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They are they are they're different looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first they kind of bothered me. Uh, this this time I kind of I kind of enjoyed him. The one thing that I thought about him, that's a shitload of laces, man. That's gonna take you 25 minutes to put <laughs> your boots on. <laughs> He probably won't ever get the MVP of any of these year of reviews, but he's a dark horse candidate because of yeah. he's always in the picture. You know, yep. uh, he was in the title match last month, and but yeah, re- real good match. We're two for two so far. This we're yeah. off to a much better start than we were with our last episode. So <laughs> right, but guess what, brother? The shit is about to hit the fan. <laughs> This card is about to fall apart in, in more ways than just wrestling. All right. Well, ushering in this, this 
chapter of, of the show. We got Ahmed Johnson whipping out a nonsensical interview in the back about this fight to the death, basically, that's going to take place. And I, another guy, why are you giving this fucker a microphone? Yeah, and well, see, the funny thing in, the, in this promo too, he didn't he didn't nail his line. He didn't nail you're going down. He said you're going, he to the, you're going to the end. End of what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> That's what he says. You're going to the end. Yeah, <laughs> the end of the line. The end. Like what? What? Are, what are we talking about, Ahmed? What are we doing right now? Mm-hmm. And he. So when obviously the nation comes down first, right? Mm-hmm. PG thirteen is way off. I like, noticed for, that. Yeah, it was almost like they were trying to like slow, slow play the lyrics to the music. Like all of a sudden, uh, the nation of domination, they're, they're rocking out a ballad. What the hell were they doing? It, they were so off and it was hard. It was hard to listen to. And then all of a sudden, like probably uh, around the part where they hope you like to look at ceilings. Like that's where it finally clicked again. <laughs> it was it was bad. It was really bad. Maybe Ahmed, Ahmed comes out, man. Tell, tell me, okay, Ahmed's music, right? Pretty awesome. It's a good theme. Okay, on on his video, playing behind him as he's walking down, at one point I think it says the Pearl River Posse. I don't remember the Pearl River Posse at all. I don't remember that being a thing. No, he didn't Did he, he didn't have any guys, really. Was, no, no. Lone, it was, lone wolf. Well, nobody wanted to be a guy with him. No. And, that, and then <laughs> his... The... The note that I wrote was Ahmed Johnson doesn't understand knee pads. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get them. He doesn't get how they work because he had, he had four knee pads on or actually six knee pads on, right? Six knee pads. He had two or three on each leg, two giant red ones over the tops of his thighs <laughs> And then these little itty bitty black ones over his actual knees, <laughs> and it was just distracting. It sucked. I and like I, I'm looking. I was like, "What is he? What is he going for?" Like you remember in the early '90s when wide receivers would come out and they'd have like elbow pads all the way up their arms and stuff, and it was like maybe it was a look. This wasn't a look. This just looked stupid. I agree. It's it's part of a look, I guess. I mean, we should probably provide a little bit of background with with what what brings us here with this match i you know there's no as far as the look goes there's really no rhyme or reason to it i'm surprised he doesn't have you know ultimate warrior tassels happening mm-hmm. we actually made the connection between him and the warrior last time around and that's actually a decent connection yeah i think he would have could have been more successful if they would have taken what worked with the warrior yes you know, just like, yep. okay, with the warrior, we have an understanding that this guy is nuts. Yep. <laughs> you know? He's going to come down. He's going to, he's going to squash ass and then he's going to leave. Like that would have, that would have been perfect for him. Let him nail. Especially because like, he can kind of wrestle. Like he has a, a few moves. Bit. Yeah. 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 He's got some really quick, really impactful moves. So if they do that, just let him down, let him do five moves, just five moves and let him go. They, they probably would have got a lot more out of him. Mm-hmm. And he was really a, I, I think they named him the rookie of the year. He was really looking like he was going to be the, a big contender. And yeah. Um, 
needless to say that didn't happen, but no. So he's been having this feud with the nation strikes up a deal with Farouk. If he can defeat all three nation guys in one night, then, you know, the nation's going to be abolished. Yes. So here we are. We, he's got Savio Vega. He's got crush. And he's got Farouk. Got to face them all. Yeah. He's got to face them all. And before the match, before the match actually kicks off, the nation's kind of doing a huddle and they're all talking. And there's at this point, I think there's about 10 guys out there in the nation. They're trying to figure out who's going to be the first guy to start. Who's, and all of a sudden monsoon walks down. Right. And th- this was, this was great. This might've been the highlight of the match. Monsoon comes down and he tells you got to figure out who's going to start and everybody else has got to go. You're out of here, pal. He tells him you're out of here, pal. Everybody's got to go up the ramp, up the ramp. And Savio Vega, this is, this is one of the funniest things I have seen in wrestling in a while. Savio Vega just takes like three steps away and faces the faces the ring and doesn't walk away with everybody. <laughs> and Monsoon, Monsoon taps him on his shoulder and he turns around and Savio Vega goes, watch, I stand here. <laughs> Monsoon goes, no, you're out of here, pal. And he goes, what? I don't stand here. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. It was it was so fucking funny just to see like he just does like he like just takes two steps away while everybody else is getting kicked out. <laughs> and I, I like Savio Vega. I I think Savio's great, but just that little like comedic break in this this whole setup to this match. It, it, it and like I say, it was not a great match. That part of it made this whole match worth it just having, <laughs> having just having Savio Vega stand like, like it was so nonchalant when he turned around and Monsoon's yelling at him just kind of shrugged his shoulders like what <laughs> he's like everybody's getting kicked out but Savio you can stay right there <laughs> and his like his response to Monsoon we just questions him he's like I don't stand here <laughs> might be an early contender for a quote of the year there I don't stand here. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I was laughing hard enough where I had to actually rewind and go back to that point and watch from there on because I was I was still chuckling as the match finally started. I'm gonna have to rewatch that. Oh, it's that beautiful. Part. It's beautiful, man. <laughs> I mean, it's good to see a it's good to see a president taking some charge. We had Jack Tunney as president for what 10, 15 years. He, he never he didn't do shit. He didn't do shit. He get gorilla monsoon laying down the law. Yeah, he always comes out. And so the match kicks off with the crush and the Ahmed. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm gonna call him now, the Ahmed. Talk, ab- talk about a talk about a twosome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> crush and Ahmed. All it's right. Like, and it's like blending two th- <laughs> blending two things you hate. Well, <laughs> hate is strong. I, I actually I would I always liked Ahmed when I was younger. I, I never liked Crush. But it's like blending something that you really don't like with something you kind of like, right? Like it's like taking a sauerkraut, which I hate, and then like a diet Shasta Cola <laughs> and having like a sauerkraut diet Shasta Cola drink. Like, no, you'll probably enjoy this. Fuck, I will. <laughs> this Ain't is going to be, be good. bad. Yeah. This is gonna be bad. And, and I didn't really get into any of the the match between these two, between crush and Ahmed, like there was no, at no point was I really into it. At one point crush suplexes the Ahmed 
And Ahmed sells his ankle. <laughs> he sells that he hurt his ankle after his suplex. Like, I understand that he maybe he's green and all that, but you should know. Suplex, sell your back, right? Everybody knows. Suplex, sell your back. And he takes a suplex and grabs his ankle right away. Maybe he did actually hurt his ankle. I don't know. But still, you still got to gotta sell the back on a suplex, right? I mean, right? Right. That's what that's what to do. Maybe he he hit his ankle. I don't know. There's right. actually there's actually a couple of decent Ahmed spots in here. He's got that he's got that deal where you know he goes off the rope and then hits like a scissor kick on the back of his head. That's okay. cool. All right. Not you know, bad, right? A little, little athleticism there. Um Hits him with kind of like a what would you even call it a flapjack pancake type of a suplex maneuver. I mean, he had a couple few impactful moves. Yeah, he did. He I mean, did. I mean, he was trying to sell what Crush brought to the table, and we both know that's little, very little. Yeah, um, brings half an appetizer to dinner. That's for sure. But as far as this first match goes, I outside of that, I just got okay. He defeated Crush. We knew that was going to happen. Right. Did you understand why Crush kept on yelling for the rest of the nation to come back down to the ring? Uh, no. Just chalked it up to Crush being crushed. Like, because the rest of the nation was up there. And at, at I think two or three points in the match, he yells up to the nation, like, come on back down. <laughs> like, let's all kick his ass. And, and the rest of the nation just gives him the nation, you know, the, the fist up there. And he's like, come on. <laughs> He didn't, he, you were there when Monsoon says everybody out of here. And he's like, oh, my Monsoon went to the back. He'll never see you guys. Come on back down. Like it, was, it was that, that part bothered me, but the finish between the Ahmed and crush portion of this match, I was okay with. How did he finish him? I don't have a note on that. Crush set him up for the heart punch. And Ahmed kind of rolled through with a spin kick that looked pretty damn good. Pinned him and, and crushes out. Mm, right, right. Yeah, like I was saying, you actually you actually see some of some of the potential, some of the goods he brought to the table. Right. He flickers brilliantly. But it's just it's just such a quick flicker. Like mm-hmm. it's, you can't sink your teeth into it at all. Next up, we got Savio. His his role in this was kind of clear, but in the meantime, there's some cool spots in this. I I made a note. Okay, so Savio, he's got he's got the upper hand going. He's got Ahmed in the corner. He does yeah. his spin spinning wheel kick thing and nails him. He goes How over much the do you love that move. Goes over the top rope, lands on his feet. Yeah. And then because he was, was brilliant. Before, as he was coming down, he's selling his ankle. He's selling he hurt his ankle. <laughs> and, and then he does that spin kick where he rolls over. That that move is so, so good. And then afterwards he just kind of bounces up and down. <laughs> like yeah. A little bounce and two step. It was it was great. It was great. Yeah. yeah. And I said I could see this, I could see his role uh yeah. coming. I, you know, he's not gonna defeat Ahmed. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna Given the business, he'll probably get disqualified like he did. But there's there's a, there's a little bit more. I mean, some some of the flops, some of the selling that Savio does made, awesome. made me laugh. Yeah. It was, yeah. you know, it reminded me of early nineties Michaels. 
Yeah, yeah. Early 90s Michaels or like anybody who's taken a stunner, you know, it's like <laughs> trying to get creative with the flop, you know. Um, yeah. And Savio's good, man. Savio is a good, he was a good wrestler. He was enjoyable to watch and, and pretty much all the roles that he he had. At one point, though, during this, Ahmed jumps for a splash from the second row. <laughs> yeah. And it, I don't, I've never seen anybody jump for a splash like that before in my life. He jumps like, and he puts his head out, <laughs> like his arms, like maybe he was going to try like a second rope frog splash and it, he just tumbles. I don't, I don't know if he, he had a great idea before he, he jumped. Like maybe he was going to do a, a flip or something like that. But as soon as his feet left the second rope, he must have forgot everything the fuck that he was doing because it was one of the worst looking second rope splash attempts I've seen mm. potentially ever. You don't belong up there. No, no, he don't belong up there. And with a lot of these guys, you know, when there was a spot in the previous match that we didn't cover when Triple H goes to the top and Funk, mm-hmm. you know, Funk nails him with the hell of a boot to the face. But you know when the game's yeah. going to the top. You know when Ric Flair's going to the top. Right, you know when right. Ahmed Johnson is doing anything aerial or, <laughs> you know. Uh, kind of, you know, it's 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 predictable. But, yeah, at right. least it wasn't like, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. That, that was not pretty. No. So, they're battling on the outside. Vega hits them with a series of pretty nasty kicks. That's kind of his calling card was the kick. Yep. And he shoves the Spanish announced guy out of the way, grabs the chair, and starts giving it to Ahmed. And he yeah. gets disqualified. Smart. Right, right. Smart. Yeah. Right. And now we got Farouk and Ahmed. And this, you know, all the all the chips are on the table here. If Ahmed can pull it out, the nation's <laughs> abolished. Right, it's over for the nation. This was. Did any part of you think that it was possible? <laughs> like, was there any part of you that thought when Farouk's walking down, like maybe you know what, maybe, maybe Ahmed, the Ahmed, can 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 whip this out? Did any? Did you have a, any thought of that? I mean, no, but I watched the match and right. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, they made it interesting in the ending of this was so bad. So bad. Um okay, so Ahmed's gonna do the damn deal. Yeah. Hits him in a Pearl River plunge, actually hits the fucker. What is he doing? <laughs> He's laying what down, is, man. What is he doing? <laughs> What is it? What, he's he's selling something. It was it was terrible. This is the worst finish I've seen in a while. He hits him in his move. It's done. It's right. done. He doesn't even have to fucking do anything. No, no. And then there was. And, so, then, and then I didn't even know what he was selling. <laughs> what is he selling? It was oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was very bad. He he does he nails it with that pro river plunge, and then he just and that's, back. And it's a fucking <laughs> pinning move. <laughs> He's going to finish him, which is a pinning move, and he is not pinning him. You're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And then he like he rolls over. It just ruined ruined the whole thing. 
Yeah, he rolls over him and then gets the like he gets the pin attempt finally on Farouk. After Farouk 10 kicks, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Farouk kicks out. And there was a pretty large portion of the crowd that popped when Farouk kicked out. I don't know. Like you could see with the way that the camera angle is set up, you could see that there was there was a pretty good portion of that crowd that cheered when Farouk kicked out. <laughs> that was <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Well, the thing is, there was he was selling nothing. Right. You know, sure, he got beat up and stuff, but like, you have yeah. a pinning. Con- it's like if your finisher is a small package, you put him right. in the small <laughs> package and you're not pinning him. Right. What are you doing? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, all right. So, anyways, I wouldn't expect anything less from Ahmed Johnson. Farouk gets the dominator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the nation lives to fight another day. Um, and okay, so what do you what do you think of this whole deal? You you you, the prelude to the match was this. This is just going down the tubes. Yeah. So. Yeah, it does. We had, we had a few good things to say about this. The saving grace for this entire segment isn't the only reason. Like this this whole Ahmed versus the nation had any value to the card was Savio Vega. Savio Vega in the start of it, hilarious. Savio Vega in the ring, really good. And then Savio Vega on the DQ, perfect. Good. That done. The rest of it didn't bring me anything. Hmm. I agree. Savio was the highlight of this thing. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of a showcase for what Ahmed brought to the table. But in the end, he it- loses. <laughs> Yeah, which was, I mean, it wasn't much. It, I I don't know if they were thinking like, hey, we're going to, we're going to really, we're going to showcase Ahmed in a gauntlet match and we're going to see what, what can come out of it. Like, what can he do in that style of match? Or what can he do with three different opponents? And we'll see what, what each opponent can bring out of him and see where he can go. And based on that, that showing, he is exactly where he needs to be, which is upper mid card area. Mm-hmm. Right, so next up, we get a little build up to the Ken Shamrock Vader match. This will be Shamrock's first match in the Federation. You're shaking your head over there. I don't like it. You don't don't approve. I I don't I don't like it. In fact, my my very first note during this match was I don't like this. You like Vader. You know I like Vader. Ken Shamrock's a bad man. What what don't you like about this? I don't like when they blend the rules of a wrestling match to try and make it like an MMA type of a competition. <laughs> that 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 sucked. That sucked. And so you don't really get like you don't really get a wrestling match, but you don't really get like an MMA match. You just get this weird hybrid pile of shit. Shamrock goes to kick his leg a bunch of times in the beginning of the match. And then he grabs, like he grabs an arm bar and Vader yells. And I don't want, I don't want big, the man they call Vader yelling in pain like that. that, To me, that kind of makes this whole match kind of made the whole aura of Vader. The man they call Vader, the, that monster that is Vader look so weak. And it it was very disappointing because that's, you can kind of, you can see Vader already kind of making his way down the card when mm. he's, I mean, he's a, he's a bona fide main eventer 
and he's there to build up Shamrock. And I think that you can build Shamrock up with Vader without him screaming in pain. Like for a big guy like that, a monster guy, to see him screaming in pain just doesn't do anything to 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 continue that that aura of him being such a monster. Yeah, I gotta agree with that. Yeah. The fuck is a standing eight count? Oh well, they they uh they said there wouldn't be no standing eight count. Jr. tells us that, and that, that's my note. The fuck is a, a standing eight count? <laughs> on, the graphic, the graphic says there'll be a standing eight count, but as right, soon as it, the graphic's taken off, Jr. goes, ah, oh, there'll be no standing eight count. Yeah, so that part bothered me. They they gave a plug to a UFC show, which was kind of that was something, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there was there was some good spots in here. There's a few botches as you would expect out of a guy's first match. Um, most notably when Vader does hit the Vader salt, and they they tell us they got to tell us a few times he missed it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Even though um, Shamrock rolled right into it. He rolled right into it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. so that was sloppy. There was some move where. Vader was uh Shamrock had him in an arm bar. Vader picks him up to kind of do a pickup suplex out of it, and it just ended up that was he kind rolled, of yeah, like sloppy, he throws him over the top of his head backwards. A little, little sloppy Joe there. There uh yeah. Vader gets him in a standing suplex position and dumps him outside. Fucking throws him. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That was great. I was very happy to see that when he picks him up, and I was like, all right. I thought he was gonna he was gonna give him the old the old flash funk routine on the top rope, and instead he just throws him outside of the ring. That was great. Overall, though, this match this match sucked. Like he finally Vader finally wallops him. It took a long time too. I don't know what the runtime of the match was, but it took a long time, and it felt like it took a long time to get to where they to get to where they're gonna get. I think it would have been much more effective if you're gonna build if you're gonna build Shamrock up through Vader, it would have been much, much more effective for them to come out for Vader to miss something quick and Shamrock to roll him into an ankle lock and be done. Like don't like the longer it went, the less like credibility a Monster Hill Vader was. It just it just kept on going down and down and down the longer it lasted. And it looked bad the entire match. So yeah, Vader finally finally hit him with a with a right hand, and Shamrock sold like he got knocked out. Vader stood over him, and Shamrock grabbed, rolled through, hit the ankle lock on him, and Vader tapped out. It was it was junk, man. That was that was my. I gave a guy drew like little trash, like little pieces of trash, and I wrote down my rating: junk four junks. <laughs> so I just like <laughs> drew these little pieces of trash next to the next to the match. So you so you think it was more more harm than good was done by having Shamrock come out and have a throw Vader around and yeah, have a whatever 10 15 minute wrestling match essentially. Right, cuz it looked bad. It looked bad while they were doing it. Like Vader always going over and trying to grab the rope. Or Shamrock grabbing the like it, it it didn't look very coordinated or smooth. Yeah. Like if they could have done this and they had it like the transitions were smooth and it wasn't like always going to grab the rope. It, it I think they could have done it, but I the way that it was performed, it was it was bad. I didn't enjoy any part of it. Yeah, well, me, the, the suplex to the outside, get the fuck out of here, Shamrock. Right. That I that I enjoyed. The blow to the back of the head. Uh, Vader to Shamrock is good. It, it's all, yeah. There's always a little bit of satisfaction seeing Vader 
just yes. level somebody with a stiff blow. Yep. Because you know it's painful. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I actually gotta agree, you know, if this if this was a four or five minute thing where they come out and they're just going at it, just brawling, and then you know, Shamrock, because we haven't seen Shamrock in the ring in right. this type of capacity. If he, you know, he gets out of something, surprises the crowd with you know a hell of a wrestling move or something that hits him with it you know so I get, I get where you're coming from yeah it, it would have been great to see like you know open the match out vader comes charging gets a vader splash right away you know maybe while while shamrock's taking off his his entrance attire mm. get a vader splash in right away and then maybe go for a power bomb or something like that and have shamrock roll through over the top from the power bomb grab the leg and then you know what I mean, like mm. do something elusive like that. But they could have done something like this really quick. It it mm. could have been a it could have been a four minute segment, and mm. I think it would have been more impactful for both of the competitors. It would it would have put Shamrock would have elevated Shamrock, and it wouldn't. It really felt like this this whole this whole match dragged Vader down. Do you think that the Federation wasted Vader? Yes. You do. Okay. Yes. Yep. Uh, Vader was, he's one of the best big men in wrestling history. In my, in my opinion, uh, he was, he could do things aerially. He, oh, his moves always looked like they, they hurt. Even if, you know, he, even if sometimes they actually did fucking hurt, like they all, he always looked impactful. His promos were good. I think that he could have been much, much more than he was even if they would have found like the right tag team partner for him because i know they him and mankind teamed up for a while like find the right tag team partner for him he could have been a dominating tag team champion uh he could have been a gatekeeper while taker was running you know with the championship belt he could have been that second tier gatekeeper uh situation i know he had yeah i think he had what one one run at the championship against michaels just that's just off the top of my head but yeah, I think he could have been much, much more. Look at the stuff that he did in WCW before he came over. I mean, he was great in WCW. So mm-hmm. I think that there was uh, there was a lot of wasted wasted potential there. Yeah, he's a very unique character. Yes, I'd say Bam Bam is the only guy that we can sort of relate him to in terms of body size and being a big man who flies around. Ooh, and he's, yeah. he's, but. And they're both tough guys, but mm-hmm. Vader's kind of a different level of a tough guy, you know. And yes. and I yeah, I agree. I agree with what you said as far as you know, you're kind of knocking him, having him screaming in pain and what have you. Um, but yeah, I think he. There's definitely more that could have been done with him um, yeah. in the Federation, especially because of how unique of a character he he was really and he was unique talent he was he was known you know multiple time world champion he was he was known as a you know a a force when he's coming in made a big splash when he came in he peaked way too early with the push and then he just um just kind of really got back up to that that never got back up to that part of the card again Mm -hmm. and he just kind of meandered around the mid card for the rest of his stay basically so, all right. Next up, we get Todd Pettengill, Pettengill in the back. He's with Stone Cold Steve Austin. These are always good. 
you always get some good stuff out of Stone Cold. Yeah. Um, you know, after he kicks the Undertaker's ass, he's going to kick all the Hearts' asses and send them back to Calgary in wheelchairs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just, he just. He, I like when, when Steve Austin says, like, you got a piece of my ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that always makes me laugh when he says, you got a piece of my ass, but you didn't get all my ass, <laughs> but I'm going to get all of your ass. <laughs> um. There are similarities between uh, Austin and, and Hogan as far as as far as promos go. Both very effective, but Austin is just so much more direct. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he doesn't yeah, have to paint absolutely. a picture. He doesn't have to paint a picture about anything. He's just you know he's he's just direct and intense, and this this is what he's going to do. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, you got a piece of his ass. He didn't get the whole thing. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that was a classic line. Yeah. Um, and of course, this this got, and this is a character that was that worked. It worked where it's at right now, and it got better over the next few years as well. Um, just a, a just a, a wonderful character, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think this is his first like singles run at the gold. Um, my memory, yeah. Yeah. So he's taking on the Undertaker. Um, let's see, was there a package here for this deal? There's I don't package right here. Uh, <laughs> they they did they did show a little bit of what happened on on the Monday Night Raw and stuff like that, where Austin you know he gave gave Taker the stunner, and then he was you know giving them the double birds and all that, standing over him, and right. Taker reaches up and choke slams him. I watched all those Monday Night Raws leading into this; they're all fucking fantastic. Austin comes out and there's a lot of there's a lot of crowd reaction for Austin mm-hmm. and then Taker comes out and there's a lot of like there's a lot of positive crowd reaction for Taker too it doesn't seem like they're split it just seems like everybody's cheering for Austin and Taker mm-hmm. so that was that was kind of fun to watch yeah it's a, it's a unique dynamic because the bad guys are in the audience in the audience yeah yeah, yeah they got the foundation the arrives the front row yep. <laughs> yep yep um and that's that's really the the rivalry we're looking at here, which is interesting. Um, they they pulled the shit earlier too with um, mankind was facing the rock. The highlight package before that was you know the fireballs being thrown by the Undertaker and mankind and all, all yeah. that shit, you know. But so are you we, surprised that they were able to edit that fireball by Undertaker so well? Because if you remember, he just. He just had a piece of paper out there, like holding it in front of, and he couldn't get the lighter lit or anything like that. But the way that they edited that that video package, it looked like Undertaker just threw fire on top of Paul Bear. They did a really great job of editing that. Mm, I agree. I agree. I thought that I would never see that again because it was bad. Yeah, it was uh, very bad. But oh, there's one the hi- one highlight um, that I have to mention: Todd Pettengill called a choke slam a tombstone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, swing and a miss there, Todd. Sorry, I love you. You do a great job, but Todd's wonderful. Can't can't win them all. No. So we got that tension on the outside with the Heart Foundation. Um, you know, we got the loose cannon, Brian Pillman, great character, tragic. What happened to him? Because I would have I would have loved to have seen what what uh, how he would have fit into the mix. Um, we got him. We got you know the rest of the Hearts out there. So shit's shit's brewing and in the meantime we get 
a hell of a slobber knocker between these two guys uh, battling out for the title. So when the match opens, obviously Austin Austin attacks Taker from behind while Taker is, I guess, I mean, he's pointing at Owen, who Owen hasn't taken his seat yet with the rest of the foundation. But the only thing I could think of in the beginning of this match, because Taker wrestles like the first probably minute with the championship belt on <laughs> and his jacket on. Yep. And the only thing I could think of was Doink not being able to get his jacket off ever. <laughs> like, and I was like, man, we have a completely different set of circumstances and we still got issues with the jackets. Right? Like, let's, <laughs> let's just get a, get rid of the jackets. Um, it was, it was funny too, because Austin was like kicking Taker in the gut. So he's kicking him in the belt because he's still wearing the championship <laughs> belt and he's punching him in the belt. <laughs> They're going back and forth. And that part, that part really made me really made me laugh and then god what was that austin finally gets tossed to the outside and instead of going back in the ring he just attacks owen <laughs> like, yeah. it's genius just yeah. genius he <laughs> just goes straight for him and he, he was it on yeah yeah, yeah. He, he he threw owen over the top rope and he gets then, back in the ring and then taker they, gets taker gets out there and he takes a shot at him yeah at taker, uh, but taker hit like two of his two of his like signature moves early in this match. Like he nails that giant yeah. clothesline that he does. They hit him with the with the old school. And then he school. Hit, him, hit him with the old school. And after that, after he hit him with the old school, they go to a split screen to show the Heart Foundation outside. And if you're paying attention, you can see Pillman is going to town on a nasty itch. <laughs> like he, he is really, he's really getting in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like I'm watching it. Obviously, they show the split screen, so I'm gonna I'm gonna see what's going on in the split screen. And that's that's the first thing I see is just him. Really, he, he must have had a ferocious itch on those buels. This <laughs> oh, is the guy in the truck. Go wait for the split screen. Wait for the split screen. <laughs> he just goes, no split screen now, man. We got to get this on camera just so we let we let Pillman know next time he wants to, you know, scratch the pills. <laughs> oh man so we get we do you know we we do get a we do get a good match in the ring here this is another one of another one of those matches that it is a dirty match you know this ain't a textbook wrestling yeah. match at all these guys are brawling you know we got low blows galore we got michael i it mean is. michaels we got austin flipping off the official you know just yep. yeah you know the attitude is here for sure. It's but it doesn't seem like they worked very well together in this match. Like there was a lot of just awkward tumbles, awkward takedowns. Like there's a lot of awkwardness that went into this into this match. At one point Taker grabs him and he puts him in the worst half crab I've ever seen. Like bar, like bar none. Yeah. The worst half crab that I've ever seen. And that's that's where I finally wrote down. I was like, this isn't, this isn't a very good match. Like this just isn't a, these two. It's not clicking. And then after yeah. that, and then after that, it's nut shot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yes. And then Taker comes back and he loads up and he gives him a right punch right to Austin's fucking package. I was like, yep. No, no, this is a great match. Now this is- <laughs> you got to play to your strengths, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And- it was funny to see Taker throw that low blow punch like that was Mm -hmm. very funny you don't see him do at at this like this is a start where he's kind of not that same like almost zombie like character 
Mm. Uh, but he does. He just loads up and he punches Austin right in the ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a spot in here too where where Undertaker had him in a sleeper. Yeah, it's like what are you doing here in a, in a sleeper? I I think he I think he hit a I think he hit a stunner out of it eventually actually. So it kind of served a little bit of a purpose. Yeah, Austin um, does. He nails the stunner and then Pillman rings the bell. Yeah, that was. Yeah. That was cool. That, yeah, Real big old swerve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was fun. He finally got up. Uh, finally got finished scratching and went and ring the bell. And, <laughs> yeah. and I guess um, and then the tombstone reversals that happened. That was that was enjoyable. Like that's always mm-hmm. a pretty decent spot to see. This is the tombstone reversal spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Taker actually gets the tombstone and. That's 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 it for the championship match. It was it was like a twenty minute match, and it seemed longer than a twenty minute match. And like the start of it, like the first probably three quarters of the match wasn't super enjoyable, but then that last quarter of the match allows you to look back on it with that with those kind of rose tinted glasses. And go, you know what? That yeah. wasn't that bad. That wasn't that bad. When really it wasn't a very good match. Oh, I got a higher opinion of it than you, but yeah, if it wasn't for the satisfaction at the end of it, yeah, I would. So I, I guess I can concede to that. But I, um, yeah, the the end of the match here, we get, you know, finally we get the the heart foundation in there, which we knew was happening. Yes, um, we got Pillman wheeled in the wheeled in the crutch and, um. It's kind of weird when uh, Austin goes out to get after Hitman. Doesn't hit him. All he does is just comes over and tips over his wheelchair. You know. Well, he does have a knee injury. Austin? No. Bret Hart. You're, you're still going to kick his ass. That's what you said in your promo. Well, yeah, but so what he's doing is he flips him over and grabs the crutch. Right, he knows that Bret Hart isn't going to be moving too fast or too far. He's in a wheelchair. He dumps the wheelchair, grabs the crutch, gets back in with the crutch, ready to really kick some ass. Just kind of blazing, yep. And then yeah, and then they all they all kind of run away. And then Austin hits a stunner to send us off. That's probably the first time this happens, and that's that's how you send a show off. We get over the next year or two, we get about. A hundred maybe shows that are sent off with this spot. It works. <laughs> it's great. It's, it doesn't matter yeah. if he wins or loses. Austin no. Stunner is kind of like Hogan's pose to close. Right, right. And it gets better as it develops. Yep. Beer isn't yep. involved yet. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. so not yet. It'll, it'll definitely get there. JR's sign off at the end of the show really, really kind of fucking bummed me out. Did you catch his sign off? What, what did he say? It's like, oh, we want to thank you all for joining us tonight on the World Road Free on this Mother's Day. Uh, we want to say a special thank you to Rose Anderson. She passed away last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Now. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> what the fuck what is that? What, what a weird, like, what a weird way to be like, hey, thank you, everybody. Thanks for being here tonight. Rose died last night. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> remember, do you remember the movie Igby Goes Down? Uh, a little bit. So there's that scene in that where he's calling everybody in like his mother's book of phone numbers to tell to tell them all that she died. That's what it felt like to me. Like every time, like he'd be on the phone and he'd be like, "Oh, hey, Uncle Frank, 
yeah, no, my mother would love to come talk to you, but she's dead. And then he'd hang up. <laughs> like that was almost like what it felt like JR's sign off was. It was like, hey, <laughs> special Mother's Day to Rose Anderson. She passed away last night. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. And then after all this is over, tag team championship match. Right. I jumped the gun earlier. Yeah. Um, why is this on afterwards? I don't know. Yes, I don't know either. Because it's the tag team championship match. We're on a pay per view. The belts should be on the line. Right. That didn't. That didn't make uh, make any sense, really. And LOD beat Owen and Davy by DQ. In a five minute match. After the pay per view. Yep. Aggravating for a couple reasons. One, there was no tag team matches on this card. Right. This was like, this was actually a pretty like enjoyable watch. Definitely better than the last in your house that we watched. For sure. Definitely better. And then maybe better than mania. I was, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say too. Maybe more enjoyable watch than, than WrestleMania was. Now you don't have those, like, like you don't have Austin and Brett, like that classic match, but like top to bottom, it was, it was pretty goddamn fun to watch. You see, like, I'm a little, confused by this though i'm looking at the i'm looking at the promotional poster here right yeah yep we got stone cold giving it to michaels we got no was michael suspended at this time or something there's no real um he's not i don't even think he's mentioned in this card at all no i don't i don't is that a bender somewhere maybe this might have been this this might have been around the time that him and Brett got in that dust up um, backstage uh, in the locker room where Brett pulled some hair out of Michael's dome and Brett quit. And he said it was unsafe working conditions. Mm. We might be that, that might be this time period. My timeline might be up. So don't, don't necessarily quote me on that, but that could very well be why we don't see anything from Michael's. Cause for a while, Michael's was back and he was on, Monday Night Raws, and obviously we saw him at, at WrestleMania. But I'm, I'm not I'm not positive, but I think this is during that time. Yeah, Austin, or not Austin, Michael's quit again. He was he, After he had that little fight with, with Brett backstage, he, he quit again screaming, it's unsafe working conditions. And he can't be around here anymore. Man, that guy is a trip. So that's about it for In Your House 15 Cold Day in Hell. The next show we got coming at you is the King of the Ring. This will be fun. Stampede. Am I wrong? Uh, I think you're wrong there, Walter. Well, son of a bitch. We got King of the Ring coming up next. Oh, yeah. And then we got Canadian Stampede. Yep. Yep. Well, this is going to be fun. So this is going to be a fun one, yep. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> I've never seen this next show. I don't... Neither I don't. have I. So, well, you got any closing thoughts on this guy before we sign off? No, I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably talked long enough about it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah it, was, it, it, was a, it was a nice little show. Uh, so there was some more tag team action, but it, it was... Like the bad was really bad and the good was pretty decent. So overall I can't say it was like a like a really good show, but 
from like a viewing standpoint, it was it was satisfying to watch. It was an entertaining show. Yeah. But the the fatal flaw of the in your houses is nothing big usually happens. Yeah. Yeah, you know? that's fair. Um they save those for the big big ones. I yeah. mean, whatever. They're um but yeah, it was it was it was a fun watch. I'm looking forward to the next one. So we'll we'll quit yakking about uh, about this, and um, I'm gonna just go ahead and sign off here. Thanks for listening <laughs> to the Euro Podcast. I'm Duke Bags, Kevin Rogue. And hey, did you know that you can go buy Year of Duke and Rogue T-shirts now? Oh shit, you can. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Where where do you go do that? You go to uh, Pro Wrestling Tees slash Jaded Wrestling, and you could you can go pick yourself up a year of Duke and Rogue podcast T shirt. You know if you if you've stuck around with us until this point in the podcast, you know you want one of those. Hey, and I tell you what, if you do pick one up, go ahead and, and let us know on Twitter. I'll I'll send you something. I'll send you some cool shit. I got stuff laying around. I got that Lex Express. Well, that's not uh, coming down. <laughs> We're going to do an entire series of me, out of me giving Lex Express hell just to have one nice man send me a sign. Lex Luger. And that thing's staying right there. All right. Well, we'll get I got stickers. I got, I got some. I got some. <laughs> I got some. Some, some Jaden Rossi stickers. I got some stuff. We got stuff. We got, we got some swag. So, uh, if they can get to listen to that. Talk at you some more next time. Thank you.